Hey everyone, welcome to Confessions of a Rare Disease Mama. I am your host, Jillian Arnold. I am so happy you guys decided to join us on our very first episode. Now this first episode is going to be somewhat short and sweet. Um, I just wanted to be able to kind of introduce myself, explain why I started this podcast, what my goals are for this podcast, and just share with you all a little bit about the journey that my husband and I are on with our children. So let's hop into it. My husband and I have been married for six years, going on seven in July. Holy cow, time flies. We have two amazing children, Roman, who is three and a half, and Stella, who just turned two. Roman and Stella are extra special babies um, because they are both diagnosed with ASMD, which stands for acid sphingomyelinase deficiency. It is an ultra rare genetic disorder. It's otherwise commonly known as Neiman-Pick disease, type A or B. Basically, their bodies are lacking an enzyme that is needed to break down a certain type of lipid in the body. So what happens is over time, this lipid accumulates in cells throughout the body and the cells eventually die. Um, It primarily affects the liver, spleen, lungs, and bone marrow. And then in the most severe cases, or that of type A, it causes a rapid neurodegeneration in the brain, similar to a baby Alzheimer's. So basically, you watch your child just lose skill after skill after skill to the point where they just can't really do much at all. Um, Currently, both of our kids are 100% G-tube fed, and they are both in wheelchairs. Um, Neither of them have a ton of movement or intentional movement. Um, My son gets pretty frequent seizures that we deal with, which is an ongoing struggle. Basically, there's two types of, of um, ASMD. There's the type A, which, like I said, is the most severe form. And then there is a type B, which is the more mild form. Um, children with type A typically do not live past the age of three, um, whereas type B, they can survive well into adulthood. When we were going through Roman's diagnosis, um, we discovered that my husband carries um, the gene mutation for type B, or it has been seen in people with type B, but they had never seen my specific gene mutation before, so they weren't really able to fully diagnose um, him as type A or type B. So we kind of were just told to keep a very close eye on his development. Um, and if we started to see signs of regression, which unfortunately we did, um, that he was probably falling more towards the type A end of the spectrum. So now 
it is pretty well understood that our kids are kind of just falling somewhere on the spectrum between A and B, but falling much more towards the A end of the spectrum. When Roman was first born, he was your typical adorable little baby boy. He had just the most like piercing crystal blue eyes. Um, He was very typical in development Um, up until about six months. We kind of noticed like he was falling a little behind with certain milestones, like sitting up and rolling over. But we would bring it up to the pediatrician and she didn't seem too concerned. She said, you know, boys sometimes are, are a little late with those things. He also had some vomiting issues like right off the get-go. And whenever we would bring that up to the pediatrician, they basically just said, you know, it's it's reflux. It happens with a lot of kids. Even though my husband and I both kind of felt deep down like, hey, I don't think that the type of vomiting he's having is reflux and it doesn't seem normal. But we just kept getting assured that it was normal and that he would grow out of it. So we didn't think too much about it. So we went in for his routine well visit at six months. And he had been kind of like, he had never really been on the growth chart, but his pediatrician wasn't too concerned before that visit just because he was kind of following his own little curve underneath the chart. But when she was doing her physical exam on him, she was like, hey, I might be crazy, but it kind of feels like his liver might be a little enlarged. So in in an abundance of caution, she sent us down to our children's hospital the next day to get some blood work done and get an ultrasound done of his abdomen. So we went the next day for that. And of course, um, anytime your child has to have any kind of blood work done or anything, your mind just goes to like the worst places, any kind of testing. So while I was extremely nervous at the same time, I like just kept telling myself there's no way that there's anything seriously wrong with him. Like, look at him. He's perfect. So... We went that morning to get all those tests done, and I remember we got back, and I was I left the house to go run an errand of some kind, and I saw the pediatrician was calling, and I was like, that's weird. It can't be these results. Like, we literally just had that done a few hours ago. Like, this can't be good. So I remember I pulled over into a parking lot to take the call, and I immediately could tell with the tone of our pediatrician's voice that something was really wrong. She said, like, hey, his blood work came back, his his test came back all abnormal, his liver is enlarged, you guys need to go down to Children's Hospital today, I scheduled you an appointment at 3 p.m. with a GI doctor. So, of course, my heart just completely sank, I started panicking, um, I turned around, drove home, told my husband what was going on. So we ended up taking him down to Children's that day at three and met with a GI doctor. They basically told us they weren't sure why his liver was enlarged and why his liver enzymes were elevated, but they 
ran a test to make sure his liver was at least working properly. And I remember sitting in the waiting room, waiting for the, the blood test to come back. And me and my husband just like, we were sitting there like in silence. My mom came with us and she was playing with Roman and reading to him. And my husband and I were just like, I can't even describe how we were feeling. I think we were just thinking like, oh my God, he's going to like, does he have liver failure? Is he going to need a liver transplant? Like this is just where our mind was going. So we were extremely relieved to hear that his uh, liver test came back and his liver was functioning normally, but they still didn't have answers as to why it was enlarged. Um, and why the enzymes were so elevated. So basically they sent us home um, and said to follow up with them. So we started doing like routine visits with the GI doctor. They kept running tests, checking labs, and they weren't successful in finding what the cause was of this. Um, And then I want to say like a month later, Roman got sick and he ended up in the hospital with a virus, like a common virus, which turned into an RSV. So um, we were in the hospital for about a week and his liver enzymes were just going like crazy high during this period of time. Like guys, I'm talking, they were in the thousands. There are two specific enzymes in the liver that they usually check when they do run a hepatic profile. One of them, the highest end of normal for Roman's age is, I think, 300. And then the other one, the highest end of normal is 49. And one of his got as high as like 3,000 something when we were in the hospital during that visit. So it was definitely really scary that we were at one of the best children's hospitals in the nation And none of these doctors could tell us what was going on exactly with our son's liver. They kept checking him every day and they were trending down. So, I mean, each day we kept asking, like, why are they so high? Why are they so high? And nobody really had an answer for us. So they the last resort was going to genetic testing, um, which they they pulled his blood while we were in the hospital for that genetic testing. They said it takes six weeks for it to come back. So basically we spent the next six weeks just terrified um, to find out what those results would say. So fast forward six weeks, I am at work. I used to work full-time as an events manager at a brewery in downtown Cincinnati so I remember I was at work, we were getting ready to leave. Um, I was with a couple of my coworkers and thank God, like the office was pretty much empty at this point. Um, it was just kind of the three of us in there. And I saw that the GI doctor was calling and my heart just started racing and I just got so nervous. I couldn't even answer the phone. So I had to call my husband and I basically was like, the GI doctor just called. I couldn't answer. I was too scared. Can you call them? Because I thought maybe somehow if it was bad news, it would be better hearing it from my husband than from this doctor. So he said, no problem. He So he called her back. Um, and then he called me back just a few minutes later. He told me that 
there was a ping on the genetic testing for something called Neiman Pick disease. So he told me the name, but he didn't go into details about it. I told him I didn't want to know anything about it because he said that, you know, it's not a firm diagnosis. They have to run other tests first to confirm it. So he's like, it it might not be this, but it could be. So knowing how I am, um, I just told myself, I'm not going to Google this. I'm not going to learn anything about this disease until we know for sure, until I have to, because I don't want to get myself in a frenzy. So I get off the phone with him um, and, you know, my coworkers were there who were also my couple of my really close friends um, and they knew that we were waiting on these tests. So of course they were asking me questions. I told them like they, they said it might be something called Neiman pick disease. And then immediately one of my coworkers was like, I'm sure it's nothing. She started Googling it and I could just tell by the look on her face as she was reading that it was not good. Um, and she kind of just like exited out and was like, it's fine. Like, we just don't worry about it until it's something to worry about. But that just kind of sent me into a spiral. So we had to take him to get one more round of blood work to basically confirm that this was in fact Neiman pick disease or ASMD. And that took another couple weeks to come back in. Now, mind you, during these two weeks, I continued to stay off of Google. Um, I Like I said, I didn't want to know anything about this disease until we had an official diagnosis because I felt like deep down I knew that it wasn't good and it was really bad and I just know how my mind works and I didn't want to live in that negative headspace and totally freak myself out until there was something definitive to freak out about. So waiting for that final test, we were just a freaking nervous wreck for those two weeks and my mother-in-law she offered to have come watch Roman one night. She's like, why don't you guys go out to dinner and just like relax? And it was the night before we actually got the diagnosis. And I remember my husband and I were, we went out to dinner and there was just such a heaviness in the air um, during that whole dinner. And we were both just like, going through the motions of a dinner date, but really both of our minds were just focused on these results and how terrified we were. Um, And I remember driving home that night and I just looked at my husband and I was like, because I know he had been, he knew more about the disease because he had been Googling it. But I just looked at him in the car and I said, is Roman going to die? And he just said, I don't know. And uh, we both just started bawling. So we ended up, actually the next day was Memorial Day weekend. And that Friday, my my mom and my sister were over and they were they came to see Roman, spend some time with him. And we got a call from Children's while they were there. My husband and I knew that it was his doctor, so we stepped outside onto our porch while we took this call. Um, and it was actually one of her, one of the doctor's nurses that called us, and she 
told us that the test came back and that it has been confirmed that he does have Neiman Pick disease or ASMD. Um, and I can't even describe the feelings that we felt in that moment. Um, just scared shitless and heartbreak and devastation and we had so many questions so we started just throwing questions on this nurse and she was like I'm she's like I I don't know I can't answer these for you you're gonna have to follow up with your doctor on Monday and we're just like she's like I basically I didn't want you to go all weekend worrying about these results or about the the test so I wanted to at least tell you and I'm like in my head, I was thinking, like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you couldn't just give us one more weekend. We're not able to talk to a doctor until Monday, and you couldn't just let us enjoy one more weekend without Neiman Pick in our lives. So our, our sadness quickly turned to anger because we started getting angry that the doctor didn't call us. Like, why was a nurse calling us with results like this? Um, so we actually ended up getting a hold of the doctor, my husband had to say some not too pleasant words to quite a few people at the hospital before we were able to get in touch with our actual doctor. She was at home and she called us. The only thing I remember from that conversation, to be honest with you, was hearing her own child in the background. Um, she had just had a baby too. And I remember she she was apologizing for she's like I'm sorry I'm at home my daughter is you know doing something I I forget what she said she's in her high chair she's waiting to be fed or something and all I could think of was that this doctor gets to get off this phone call and go tend to her healthy child and we're going to get off this phone call and our lives literally will never be the same and that's kind of the only, I just, it, I was overcome with just jealousy and anger um, in that moment. And that's all I could think of. When we got off the phone with her, I walked inside, took one look at Roman, who was, he was just on the floor playing with my mom. He just looked so happy and like healthy. And I just like, didn't understand how, how he had this. And I just broke down and started crying and crying and crying. And I honestly don't think I stopped crying like that entire weekend. I text my coworkers and I said, all I said was Roman has Neiman pick. I can't come into work. And they're like, don't worry about it. We'll, we will cover you all weekend. Like take all the time. So I basically crawled into a deep, dark hole for that entire weekend. And my sister was there. She stayed at our house all weekend with me um, because my husband did have to go back to work and I like couldn't be alone. It was just probably one of the darkest, darkest periods of my life. But the hardest part was that we had found out just three days before this that we were expecting again. So on top of getting a crazy, crazy, scary diagnosis for our new baby, 
we also now had a second child in my womb that we had to worry about possibly inheriting the same genetic disorder because we knew now that there was a 25% chance that our next child could potentially inherit the same disorder. So talk about a full range of emotions. I, I mean, we went from like the pure joy of knowing that you're pregnant and carrying a life inside of you to getting the most devastating news any parent could possibly hear um, within the span of three days. So my emotions were all over the place. um, And now we had double the amount of worry. So it was definitely probably one of the most trying times in our life and in our marriage. So my pregnancy with Stella was filled with hospital visits, seeing specialists, just dealing with a brand new diagnosis and everything that comes along with it. So on top of that, um, we did look into getting an amniocentesis done while I was pregnant with Stella, which basically they are able to test while your baby is still in the womb, if it were to be carrying this same disease. We went back and forth on whether or not we wanted to do it, and we ultimately decided to not do it and just to get her tested at birth because it wasn't going to change our personal decision about having her. So um, we just figured why risk anything with doing an amniocentesis when it's not going to change anything. So let's just wait until she's here. We also just kept telling ourselves like there is, there's no way, there's no way that God would do this to us again. There's no way you know, the odds are in our favor. We have basically have a 75% chance that she is not going to have this and just a 25% chance that she is. We already have one kid with it. Like the odds are in our favor. And when Stella was born, um, she was different than Roman in a lot of ways, not just looks wise. (laughs) Roman was pale, blonde hair, blue eyes, and Stella was dark skin, dark hair, dark eyes, but also, you know, she didn't have any of the vomiting issues that we saw with Roman. She was so strong and she was alert as all hell. And, you know, it just, there was a lot of differences we saw. So that just, you know, helped, helped us believe even more that she didn't have it. So we had her tested at birth and we had to wait, I think like about a month for those results to come back in. We got a call from my OBGYN, who was the one that tested Stella, um, and she. I remember she called me, and she's like, I, I checked, I reread over these results about five times to make sure I was understanding it correctly, but she does not have ASMD, so I, I can't even explain the joy I felt hearing that. Like, it was just waves and waves of relief, <laughs> only to be called back a few hours later, and we were told that the lab actually ran the wrong test. They didn't correct, they didn't test for the right mutation. So we had to go through that worry all over again for another month. We had to get her retested. And unfortunately that second test came back that she too was diagnosed with ASMD. Um, So our hearts were just, shattered for 
a second time. Um, and it was almost a tougher pill to swallow with Stella. It was just, we're just like thinking, how are we going to do this? Like, how is this our life? How are we going to cope with this? How are we going, how are we going to take care of two children with this? We just, I think me and my husband were just in a really, really dark, angry period for quite some time after Stella was diagnosed. We just couldn't believe that this had happened to us two times. We definitely went through a period after both kids, after learning of both kids' diagnoses um, of just immense jealousy towards quote-unquote typical families. And, you know, it got pretty bad to the point where I'd be at work and I'd see a family with, like, a little toddler running around and I would just be overcome with jealousy and anger because my son didn't have that health and I knew what was in store for him and my now my daughter too it was it was really hard to deal with we are now (laughs) three years into this journey and we are in a much much better place we have a very different perspective on life despite these difficult circumstances that we've been dealt I guess my biggest goal of this podcast is to a share my truest realist, rawest feelings on being a special needs mom or uh, a mother to two children with a genetic disorder who are medically complex. Um, I, you know, I want to share the highest highs and the lowest lows, and I want to be 100% real through this uh, journey. I also want to share with you guys all the stuff that I have learned, um, throughout the past couple years, because gosh, there's so much stuff that I wish I could just like go back two years ago and tell myself that I think would be helpful, especially if you're a parent, a new parent on this journey, it can feel extremely isolating. Like your entire world gets flipped upside down. The life you thought you were going to have is something totally different. And what I have come to realize is that just because it is different or it's not how you expected it to be when you decided to start a family does not mean that it is any less incredible and beautiful. I am also going to be sharing a lot of health updates uh, regarding my two children and our quest to save their lives. This is something I'm not going to quite dive into in this episode. Maybe I'll save it for the next one. But we were basically told when my son was diagnosed, there was no cures, no treatments available for this disease. And I will just say three years into it now, um, my son and my daughter are both on a treatment that is working beautifully at reversing damage done from the neck down. And we are dangerously close to getting a second experimental treatment started for them that could slow down or possibly even stop their neurological disease progression. So again, I'm going to dive into that another day, probably the next episode, but I just kind of wanted to give you guys a little overview on the things that we'll be talking about. I'll also be having guests on um, and we're just going to be sharing, you know, the behind the scenes of our day-to-day life 
and connecting with other parents who get it. Early on in our diagnosis journey, I found it extremely comforting to listen to podcasts, uh, connect with other parents who understood exactly what I was going through on my unique parenting journey. And if I can accomplish anything from this podcast, it would be just to be able to help other parents not feel so alone. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this very first episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in and allowing me to be a little part of your world. I hope you'll all join us again next week for another episode of Confessions of a Rare Disease Mama. Bye. Bye.